It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. From the Fifth Quarter Studio in Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to High School Hoops with your hosts, Steve Collins and Jake Steger. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So excited you decided to join us today. Uh, before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. You aren't going to find anything else like it. They are our sponsors because I own three of them, and I truly believe in this machine. I truly believe in the people that work there and the product. Uh, mention Coach Unplugged, and we'll give you $400 off. Just say, Coach Collins sent me. Coach Unplugged sent me, and they'll take really, 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 really good care of you. Trust me. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial. Um, you're going to want to check it out before prices increase. You know, it's just that things happen. <laughs> Coach Collins has only got so many hours in a day. Go over and check it out. It's got the roadmap. It's got everything that you need to become a better basketball coach in one stop. You know, if you're looking for clinic videos, if you're looking how to break a one-three-one, if you're looking how to run a zone offense, if you're looking how to to pick an offense, if you're looking for anything, it's got it there for you. As I hit my microphone, oh well. Um, it you know, and it also helps us pay the bills. Helps us keep all these podcasts, um, the high school hoops and five minute basketball coaching podcasts, and funnel down and all these things free to you. Um, teachhoops.com is what pays the bills and keeps the lights on. So um, we'd love if you went over and checked that out. And let's head off to the podcast. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged uh, episode. Ooh, I don't even know. I looked before I came in. We'll be in like the 1400s, Coach. So, And I'm still married, so you got to be semi-impressive on 1400 podcasts. And I'm still married. <laughs> The pandemic helped with that. The, the pandemic helped. I, I ended up, I, I haven't said this in a while. I was once a week when I started this thing five, six years ago. And then the pandemic happened and I rubbed it up to seven days a week. It's like, I think I got to go backwards and kind of and go <laughs> and go back to the old time. Um, so Coach Cubs, I'm, I, I was reading your, we were, we were teasing and talking before we came on about our resumes and it's like, uh, you're, you're, I, I, you have a very impressive resume. Let me tell you that first of all. Uh, so uh, I'm going to have you kind of walk us through kind of your basketball journey, kind of where you played. I find it interesting that you, um, 
I'm not going to go through your resume, but I find it interesting that you graduated from your the first school you coached at, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So then, and but then you left it. So that's interesting. I find that interesting. Um, I never, I, I never even. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So co- go ahead, Coach Cup. So uh, introduce yourself, uh, Brooke, and then kind of just walk us through kind of where you grew up, where you played, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I grew up in St. Paris, Ohio, it's a little country, Champaign County rural area. Um, my dad was a teacher and a baseball coach. Um, my mom was a bus driver. It's kind of around school and, you know, teaching, coaching my whole life. Um, from there, when I graduated from there, I played at Capital University uh, for Damon Goodwin, um, played four years there. And then my old high school coach, who Dave Zeller, who was kind of a, I mean, he was, he was really good. He played uh, played with Wayne Embry in high school and then went to Miami of Ohio, was an All-American, played for the Royals for a few years. But that was my high school coach. And I talked Z into coming back for a year um, after I graduated high school or after I graduated college so I could learn from him because I knew I wanted to coach. And he was like, Brooke, we're going to be terrible. Or, no, I don't know if I want to do that. But he did. And then he retired the next year and I got hired as the head coach. Had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I didn't even know how to fill out the scorebook. I mean, I was clueless. I I tell um, I, so I have coaches email me all the time about like blah blah blah, and I go, I can walk you through the steps. I will literally walk you through the steps of what to expect. But I mean, until you take until you do your first surgery, you haven't done anything. I mean, you gotta like. I have a friend who's in out in California, and he goes, "You told me, Steve. I go, I told you. It's like I can tell you what's going to happen." But until you do it, it's like, because especially being a head high school coach, it's like the brush fires and the things. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> until you experience it, it's, yeah, you have to experience it first to really understand all the moving pieces. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm, people, I hear young coaches say, I'm not sure I'm ready to be a head coach. And they're like, yeah, you're not. You're right. You're not. No one is. But you just got to jump in and you'll figure it out. Right. Um, but I went, so I went back to Graham and I coached and taught there. I was there for 12 years. That was, I mean, it's where I grew up. I went to school there my whole life. Um, I was the, what do you teach? Math. What do you teach? I taught math for the first seven years. And then my last five years there, I was the athletic director and boys basketball coach. Um, it's a, it's a division two school in Ohio, which means I think we had about 170, 180 kids in a graduating class. Um, okay. So, and we give me Ohio, give me Ohio. Give me Ohio. We, we go from we go one to five. One being the biggest, five being the smallest. We're one. That's what we do. We just have four though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So one's the biggest. Okay. Um, but really, I I got there and I at Graham we, you know, Graham is known for wrestling. Um, we've had incredible wrestling success, and they're really really good. And I had a good relationship with the rest. I, actually, our guys started training with the wrestlers a lot because they worked the way and in the line with, you know, the level that we wanted to compete at. And so I thought our guys learned a lot um, from them. I know I learned a lot from coach Jordan, the wrestling coach um, at the time. I'm going to dive into that for a second. Cause I find that intriguing. So I, when I took over, they'd had like five winning seasons, in like 35 years. It was horrible. It was a hockey school because we're in Wisconsin. It was a hockey school. So the first person I talked to was the hockey coach. And I still use some of the ideas he gave me because it's like yeah. he's won six state titles. He obviously and, right. and the swim and the swim coach. 
was our AD. So I talked like, and it was like, I've had coaches ask, well, why would you do that? Because, because they figured it out. Like, I don't care what sport you win. If you win, you win. Like, so, so they both gave me some stuff that I'm still using to the day. They weren't sports specific. Like, you know, obviously hockey is different than basketball, but, um, no, I think people run away from that. Oh, it's a hockey school. It's a wrestling school. Well, okay. There's a reason it is. Why is it? I mean, I would dive into that, like figure out why it is a wrestling school. And then you yeah. got to steal the good ideas. Yeah. Yeah. It's your job to try to figure out how to apply it to you. But what the, I mean, I, there's a difference between winners and not winners and people that are excellent and not excellent. And it's all in their standard that they expect and they accept from themselves. And like, once you you're around that and you can put your, like we've tried to put our players around them because their kids were doing that. And so why, like, if that's the level you aspire to achieve and perform at, like the sport doesn't matter. That's the least important of the whole thing. Right. Um, it absolutely is. And it's a life thing too. It's like, yeah, I, I, I and, and again, you'll love this too. Cause we didn't play, we didn't play last year at all. Zero didn't play. Wow. So someone that has coached 25 years, I had to re basically this year was a reset for me, like literally a reset. And like, I had to tell them where the locker rooms were when we went on the road. Cause I didn't coach any of these. I'm, I'm starting a freshman anyway. So, I, I, they, the first time someone showed up late and I got like, what are you talking? You don't know. And, and then here's why you don't do that. And here's what's going to happen. It's like, they looked at me like I was from Mars. I swear to God. It's like, but that was the standard. The standard is like, come on. It's like, this is something, this needs to be important. You know, we, we go by Lambo time. So Lamb, I don't know if you know about Lambo and the clock. We we're Lambo time. Like, and they looked at me like, well, we're, you're if the meeting starts at four. You're there at three forty-five. Like you got to be. Right. You're there fifteen minutes early. What do you like? No, 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 no. Because things happen. Um, but yes, I think that's a. I think that's a great. That's a great standard to talk about. Keep going, coach. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. And then, so I was there for twelve years, and then it really. Um, I mean, it's kind of a weird situation. But as the athletic director, I was a. I was an administrator. And my kids were getting old enough to where they were doing things. And I was having to, I was having to decide whether I was going to go to their stuff or I had to cover stuff for school and felt like I was compromising who I wanted to be. And I didn't feel like I could do both at the level that I was happy with. I was actually just underachieving in both, in my opinion. And so I decided I wanted to coach. Um, and so there were only a few places that I was, I was interested in, um, you know, coaching. And so Centerville's job happened to come open. They had, they had had a good program and had done well. And it was a good school, had a good mix of kids and good families. And I thought it was a place that I could, I, I could go coach. And so the job came open and I was fortunate enough to get it. And I've been at Centerville now for 10 years. Um, I teach, I came in teaching math and now I teach leadership, uh, which has been really cool. Like kind of started a leadership program or a leadership course um, that really initiated with team captains of each team. And then that turned into an elective class. And so now I teach that, um, in the morning and then I supervise, um, selective intervention in the afternoon. Okay. So that, that, I find that intriguing too, that, um, like I did that, I, I, I started teaching math at the school I'm at now. And then it's like, no one was teaching statistics and it's like half, half of coaching, at least for me, is yeah. is it is like looking at the numbers and woo, 
and it's like i'll start the stats class and now i'm like that's what i teach i teach statistics so it's awesome um yeah it's and it's kind of making your own um so you're you're a suburb of dayton correct roughly yeah we're on the yeah we're on the south end of dayton about 45 minutes north of cincinnati so we're just on the and how far so so i have relatives that live in columbus um we're about an hour hour and 15 from columbus my god so i pulled up a map as we're talking this is the way i do (laughs) and literally almost the perfect location as far as competition goes because you can go west to indianapolis you can go south to cincy go you can go uh east to columbus and you can go north to dayton yeah yeah we it's, there's some we have we have access to some really good teams and good competition. No and question. then and then how far are you from Louisville and Lexington? A couple hours? Uh, about yeah, two three hours. Two Lexington's about three to two and a half. Yeah, yeah. So you be so for people around the country, it's like that's what you want. You you want to be able to go. I mean, you got you basically have great basketball players all within two hours of. Guys are going to play in the NBA someday. I'm guarantee it. There's guys right now that are 16 years old that live in one of those cities that's going to play in the NBA someday. Guarantee yeah. it. Because <laughs> right. they're big. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, wow. Um, so, I'm going to pivot here a little bit. So, how does your summer look? I mean, this is just a question for listeners. What does your summer look? What does your spring summer look like? Okay. So, I mean, I, I coach an AAU team. My son is, my son's going to be a senior, just finished his okay. junior year of high school. Okay. Um, oh, he plays on that. Yeah. <laughs> so we, you know, we, I coach a, a, an Adidas AAU team. Okay. Um, then, so I got that kind of through April and May and June, we have like June in Ohio is like our, our time, you know, you got those two live weekends, but that's when we get our, get to coach our guys. So I'm, we've got a ton of stuff in June with camps and all that kind of stuff. And then July, we go back to our Adidas team and, uh, you know, and do all that stuff to finish up July. I give, I give the NCAA credit to do that June thing. Cause I do too. You know, I, I, I've never, I've always thought AU, I thought, I think they saw what was happening and I think they tried to grab a piece back and that's, they they did. They really, I think they did a pretty good job of like, okay, well, hold on. Let's give at least the high schools June. Um, Cause in July, to be honest with you, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I still do skill work and stuff, but they're gone. Like, and the funny part is like, (laughs) yeah, it's like, Oh, I'll do stuff on Thursday. Well, what are you talking about? They're, they're like, they're already gone. Like, okay, maybe Wednesday or Tuesday, we could have an open gym or something, but it's like, and then I, then I like guys that play fall sports or football and stuff. So by August one, they're already like, so it's like that window of June is like, um, is, is interesting. Um, all right, let me dive into some questions for you, coach. Um, practice so if you could only do three things at practice what would you do i'm i'm so i'm telling i'm walking in and i'm saying all right coach i'm gonna sit up and stands you can only do three things or work on three things what three things do you think are the most important um are you talking skills or are you talking i'm, just I'm, in I'm talking as about as open-ended a question as i can ask you <laughs> okay so so we are going to we are going to uh, compete. Um, we are going to uh, be unified and communicate with each other. And we are going to show that we are thankful and grateful for being there. Okay. So we would, 
you know, competition wise, we would just, it would be all about, you know, just competing and playing as hard as you can and having positive body language. That's one of our things with our tough core value um, and just you know, competing to win. And then, um, you know, we would unified for us as speaking and acting with urgency. So when I talk about, like, I think that one of the biggest, most selfish things you can do is to not, not hold a teammate accountable, right. For something that you know that they're supposed to do. So, you know, if a guy, if a guy is jogging back and you see him jogging back and you don't say anything, you're just picking your comfort over, over the good of the team. And so like we would, that's a huge emphasis for us in practice is the communication piece. And then the last one would, we, we count touches in practice a lot. And so we're counting the number of fives you give, the number of fives you receive. And, um, you know, we're going to make sure that we're helping teammates come back to the present moment and compete at the level they're capable of competing at. Do you track, uh, do you track uh, hustle stuff like in practice or games and stuff? Such as like charges Diving on the floor, ball. taking charges, you know, things that you and I know are like hustle things, like even crashing the offensive glass in some respects hard isn't, is a hustle thing. Um, yeah. Rev up. And we, maybe competition does that in some respects, but. Yeah, it, we don't, we, we have in years past. Um, it's just kind of like what we do now. Like it's it, like, we don't really have to track it anymore. It's just like that. Like if you, there's a loose ball and you don't dive for it, there's, there's going to be eight guys yelling at you. It's not going to be me. So. And how did you initially, how did you, so that, that's a, that's a standard, a pillar, whatever you want to call it. How did you initiate that when you started? Like that's, that's gotta be a, I'm not going to say a, a line in the sand you're drawing, but it's something like, this is, this is our expectation. How did you, how did you build that around the team? Cause I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So all of our stuff is, is based off of our core values. So tough, passionate, unified, and thankful. And each of those have a, have a behavior that goes with them. And so like diving for a loose ball, we would consider that choosing extra work, right. Or positive body language. So it's either going with tough or passionate. And so one of the things we do early in the season is we just brainstorm like, okay, what does, what does choosing extra work look like in practice? Is the we we talk about choosing extra work or we call it stealing inches sometimes like like what does that look like in practice what do you do and so we just we just just throw all the ideas on the board and something like going after an offensive rebound every single time that'll come up as extra work right or um, not or stealing inches because you know everybody's not doing that uh, diving for every loose ball that you can dive for um, so that that's really where and then. And then when it happens in practice, like when, when a guy doesn't dive for a loose ball or they do, we can stop it. And we say, that's passionate. Like that's what passionate, that so is give me passionate. The, give me the four pillars again. Tough, passionate, unified, and thankful. Okay. So tough, passionate, unified. And what was the last one? Thankful. And then, okay. So, and how did you come up with those? So those are, so, I mean, you want the long story or the short story? Give me the middle story. Cause I'm I'm intrigued because those seem like and 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 again, those are a program thing. You came up with them, not the boys or the, the girls right. or whoever's on the team. So those are the program thing. So they had to come from somewhere. 
I just yeah. interested because there's lots of different pillars. I mean, you, you wrote as one of yeah. your people like Dick Ben. I mean, there's lots of different pillars. I just wondered how they developed or came about. So they're that they're that important. I think they're wonderful. I mean, I'm jotting them down. I'm, I'm gonna steal. I mean, I'm gonna steal. I, yeah. I we have ours, but I love that. I love that idea. Yeah. So I mean, they came from me sucking first. That's how they really initiated because I was terrible and I was to a point where I couldn't continue coaching the way I was just chasing wins and so I kind of what I would consider hit rock bottom coaching wise and then I I actually did one of the reasons Dick Bennett's one of my uh, influences because I went to hear him speak at an athletes in action clinic and and he's talking about his five pillars and and I was like you know, that's it. Like that, I need to be giving kids more than what I'm more than wins or more than skill or whatever. So how can I contribute to their life beyond that? And so that's kind of where it came from. And I believe, like, I believe these, like your, the values of our program are my values. Like that, the tough, passionate, unified, thankful, that's who I am. And I don't ask that they have the same ones. I just ask that they respect them. And if they're in our program, our goal is to move them forward in those areas. So, you know, something I'll tell parents is like, if you don't want your son to be tougher, more passionate, more unified and more thankful, this ain't the program for them. Like, cause we're going to help them grow in those areas. Right. Right. And so then once I knew those values, you know, I think one of the things, and I, I work with some, I've worked with some coaches and some college coaches and some businesses about, establishing the behavior, the behaviors are really the separating factor because a lot of people have values. A lot of companies have values that they put on their wall, but the culture of your team is the, is how your players act. Like what does your team do? Like that's your culture. Hey everybody, I hope you enjoy it. Make sure you subscribe. Um, and we would really appreciate that. Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen, five, those five-star reviews mean a ton to us. Uh, also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Your culture. And so our culture is driven by those behaviors that align with tough. Like for me, tough is positive body language. That that's it. Like that. I know I have to leave some other things out, but when I boil it down and I'm talking about tough, like I, like our, my reminder for tough is fight ready. So when I, I just want, I, when I approach a situation, like when I come on this podcast, fight ready. I don't know if I'm going to be the best interview you've ever had, but I'm, you're going to get the best that I've got. Like right, I'm right. coming, right? If I'm giving a keynote speech, if I'm going to take a test, I'm doing a job interview, fight ready. You're getting the best that I've got. And so we ask our guys to do that, like positive body language, bad call, next, like positive body language, right? We're always addressing that. Like that's a driving force in our program. You know, passionate is choosing extra work. Like I believe in I believe that like everything that you get is what you do outside the ordinary. Everybody practices two hours a day. Don't like your practice might be really good, but it's two hours a day, right? What are you doing outside of that that separates you from anything else, uh, from everybody else? Unified for us is speak and act with urgency, um, having the willingness and the toughness to call out teammates, to hold people accountable, to show them that you love them by telling them the truth, right? And by being willing to receive the truth and not get defensive about it. Um, and then thankful is show love, get touches, like just show your appreciation for the opportunities that you have, because I don't think, I don't think we talk about it enough. I don't think we share it enough with the people that really matter to us. And I, I think it's just a 
good life lessons. What, what do you think the hardest one is to, to convey? Speaking of act urgency. Yeah, that's the hardest one. Toughness is just so, it's so clear. Like positive body language is a really easy one to address. Um, uh, trust me, yeah. that's super easy. I can show you film of that. Like, that, look at that. That's exactly what we did. Yeah, but that's that exactly is bad. It's the right. Coach K with Hurley. This is not acceptable. Stop it. That takes care of ninety-seven percent of them, at least for me. Like that's not. We can't. What are you doing? No. Okay. So I agree. So so that one's easy. What are the, the other three? Why'd you Why'd you pick that one? Why'd you pick that one being the hardest one, the unified one? Uh, because of the communication piece, and because like I, that's the last one that really happens for a team. Like we use we use Pat Lencioni's the five dysfunctions of a team, and you know, the absence of trust is like, that's the first dysfunction of a team. And like, for me to call you out, there has to be a level of trust for there to be trust. We have to have vulnerability. So that's one that we start building and just get like, we, we have a lot of things set up in our program to allow people to be vulnerable safely early, right? How do I give you, give you feedback? Like we'll do debriefs at the end of practice where, you know, give me something that I can do better and something that I did well. And, you know, to, right. where it's pretty safe, but I'm, I'm being honest with you. And then as the season goes on, as we get more and more vulnerable, we build more trust. Now I can call you out on a little bit, something a little bit harder and then a little bit harder. And right. then and I can, I can say, do it. Then I can do it in front of yeah. people too, if I yeah. need to, because you know, I got your back. Yeah. 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 I, I can see that. I can see that being, um, the communication part being so how do you deal with okay so here's here's someone that's coached a long time is i feel like that i i'm pretty good how do you deal with the external things like dad thinks you don't know you know <laughs> i mean i'm just talking yeah. for the younger coaches out there because it's like they can maybe build a relationship with the kid but then the kid's going home and here and how do you deal with that aspect of it and the unified yeah. part is like I'm telling my special teams, not everyone was on the same on the bus at the beginning, but by the end, everyone was on the bus. The parents were on the bus, yeah. grandma was on the bus, the kids were on the bus, you know. And some of them had happened two weeks before tournament. Like I finally got them on the bus. How do yeah. you how do you do that? So my my focus just always stays on the kid. I mean, I've had a few times when I've when I've had meetings and just told parents to shut up and leave their kids alone. Um, but for the most part, I tell everybody like I can win the kid. You know, I, mean, I can, I can get the kid unified with us because we'll spend so much time together. He's going to sacrifice and, and, you know, have that shared suffering with his teammates. He wants to do it. I think the only way to really get the parents that aren't willing to just buy in is through the kid. I think the kid has to convert yeah. the parents most of the time, the, the teams that I've had that have been really special where it's been yeah, everybody's. I agree. Been I'm, the more I think about it, you're right. The, the kid tells the parents, stop. We're, we yeah. got this. I, right. I agree. I think that's a great observation, coach. Because um, I don't know if you're ever going to get them on the bus 100% from you to them. But when the kid right. is going home and saying, hey, coach, and our, we we all got this, you know, um, I know. We, we, uh, because of the pandemic, we haven't been able to do it, but um, we've done we've done a bunch of like trips to floor like gotten out of Dodge, um, mm -hmm. and people say, "Well, why do you do that?" And first of all, total pain in the butt, total pain. Right. In the butt. But you know what it oh, is? 
every time when we come back from those trips, we're better because they're unified. Because right. they're spending 24-7 and they're with a roommate that like maybe isn't doing what they're supposed to do. And they're it's it I, I tell them it's a rich I mean, I could go, I guess, to northern Wisconsin, we could do a retreat that way, but it, it's basically the parents are gone. They're not following us most for the most part. And I got them. Like I got them right. for like five days. It's me. Like this year we're going to the villages. If you know what the villages is in Florida, it's a bunch of old people. Yeah. Like it's the perfect <laughs> tournament. Trust me. Right. I'm going to go to the village tournament. Great tournament. Because what happens is I take these, these 15 boys and the managers and the coaches and we go to the villages and it's a bunch of 55 and older people, 250. 200,000 what are they what can they they're not gonna get any trouble and it's like i got them and they're focused like here's what we're doing we're doing our shoot around we're, we're doing our and it's like it's basketball basketball with friends like um and they maybe don't love each other all this at the same level but they become i don't know it's like living in a dorm basically you eventually learn to yeah. get along with everybody on your floor you don't have to love right, them but right. you know you, you learn to get along um, I think that's a great thing. Um, so here's a question. How do you practice plan? Do you, you personally, like what, what, what does that entail? I think people always are intrigued by coaches that have won a lot, how they practice plan. Yeah, I actually, I can show you that if you want me to bring it up, like a, a yes, template yes. of what let we, me, let me, uh, I'm sure my, let me open this up so you can share because I'm a hundred percent sure my computer was set up for school and no sharing. Okay. Now it's good. <laughs> All right. Let me, uh, Oh crap. Now I'm lost here. That's all right. Okay. Let me, yeah. You're good. I, and I tell, and as you, as you're doing this, I tell coaches too, that are listening, like I've taught for 35, 34 years your 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 practice plan is your it's your lesson plan like you can't just go in you better have i mean i can tell you exactly what i'm doing tomorrow morning at nine o'clock like i got my lesson yeah. plan ready i'm ready to rock and roll um it's got to be the same here i love yeah. that you put so so people that are listening and aren't watching it, it i love that on this I, I don't even i don't think i have one of mine mine is like play hard i have three pillars basically when I'm starting but anyway they're always on the top of my practice plan because I'm old and I forget them half the time so he has be tough be passionate be unified be thankful I love that um yeah before we go into the practice thing do you have do you have the subcategories written down like what it means to no. be tough and what it means to yeah, be passionate they're, they're right here they're up at the top of it right under Centerville basketball those are those are our behaviors our guys like we test our guys on those. Our guys have to know them. Like it's okay, so like what we're testing so right bo po positive body language. Positive body language goes with tough. Choose extra work goes with passionate. Speak and act with urgency goes with unified. Show love goes with thankful. And and show love is like the touches that you're tracking in some parts. Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like our, our guys right now, like before open gyms, we, we do, we do a test on knowing the core values and the behaviors that go with them, or you got burpees. Like it's, it's not an option. Like you have to know what they are and what they mean. And, um, you know, and so, so, so we, we choosing drive. extra work, do they have to have what they, what you mean by choosing extra work? 
So we'll brainstorm that like once we get into okay. the season. But for us, the the key to choosing extra work is our breakfast clubs, which is before school every day, like from six to seven fifteen. We work out before school every day all year, and so that's the big one for our extra work. And then what about speak and act with urgency? Is like that's like you're not doing what you need to do. Yeah, then that's the communication piece. Once you're in practice and live and stuff, yeah. But right. as far as practice goes, I mean, I, I write our practice. I, I never write a practice plan like two days in advance or anything. Like I write it after my practice. We practice at nine o'clock at night or something weird. And I'm writing the practice schedule after that, that night. I just, I can't bring myself to guess at what we're going to suck at, you know, yeah. and, that we I, I, and, and, and I go back and forth on that coach too. I, I always, sometimes I need to do it when I come home. But then sometimes yeah. I need to, I need to like dwell on it and do it next, next morning. Like, oh, crap. yeah. Like, so sometimes I got to sleep on it because I think my brain is working when I'm sleeping. So I, I don't think there's a, a right or wrong way for people learning, but I think you should have it. Don't, don't plan out. Like I have a master thing of when I want to try to get stuff in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, when I want to get in the like that kind of stuff because I just want to keep it. But other than that, no, it's a day to day thing for me. I agree. Yeah. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach, you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip, you ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. But then, what's, I mean, the, our, what's the right column? Explain the right column to me. Over here? Yeah, where it's all this like stuff. Often. Right. Yeah. So our we got our team goal, which we set as a group. So, you know, our core values are mine. The thing that our team owns is our our yearly core our yearly goal. So this year, our goal is always process based. Um, so our goal was to not seek comfort. Um, and so the, what we talked about what that actually looks like and means. Um, then we just have our. We always talk about you know like eighty percent of the things gives you or twenty percent of the stuff gives you eighty percent of the return. Whatever that theory is, right. Um, so we just talk about like, we, we're pretty simple. Like we're switching man, we're, we run motion. Okay. And so we talk about, um, you know, offensively, it's, it's, I just think these, this is how you win games. You take good shots, you rebound, you don't turn the ball over. And defensively, right. you rebound, you contest shots, you communicate, like be in the pretty right place. Simple game. It is a pretty simple game. So I'm going to dive into one question I do have for you. Yep. Uh, and I'm a I'm a hundred percent behind you on switching screens. Why do you do that? Why do you switch? Why do you do that? When I think it allows out? us. Yeah, I think it allows us to stay in gaps and stay in help position better. Um, that's the main reason we went to it. I went to it probably fifteen years ago now. Um, when I was at when I was at Graham, we always had to go through like Dayton City League teams to get out of the district, and it was just, I, we were straight man, no switch before that. And I thought it negated some of their athleticism by us being able to maintain gap um, integrity and on, even on switches. And 
it's like, you can't run your sets against us. Thus, like you have to adjust like what you're doing. And we know your switch. You, we know you're going to try to slip screens. Like that's the, that's what everybody talks about against like, oh, they're right. switching, slip it. Well, we know that. So we know we're going to, we're going to knock your slip down and make him go behind us. Right. And so now, now you're, you're going to have to do something different. And what a lot of teams do, and it's hard to guard, is space us and try to drive us, which you know, yeah. it's a good adjustment. It is a great adjustment. And I, he, here's why I think switching works for the, some of the younger coaches. There's no fog of war. Like, there's no question about, like, that's why I like it. Like, are we hedging? Are we doubling? Are we, what are we doing? Because there's 80 billion things to do with a screen. What are you talking about? We're switching. And then they go, well, They'll post up. No, they won't. This is high school basketball. And I've coached some of the best high school basketball players in the country. Are you kidding me? They, first of all, they can't pass it in there half the time to the guard that's posting up. What are you talking about? Like, like, and, ha- and half the time they'll take a bat, whatever. I think that's, a, I think it's a perfect, easy thing to, to implement for young coaches and it will cause problems. It really will cause yeah. problems. Um, yeah. Lots of problems. I agree. And do you, so you can tell you're an old, you're an old dog like me. You don't even have any um, courts on here. You just know in your head what you're doing or is that the backside of this? Uh, sometimes <laughs> I will put like, I'll just copy and paste off a fast draw if I'm going to put yeah. stuff on there, but yeah. You know. So yeah, I don't have any courts on it. Um, so give me a breakdown of practice. Like if I came and I was a fly in your wall, what would I see for the two hours? Oh, you probably my guys would tell you you'd see about eighty percent defense and about twenty percent offense. That's what they would tell you. Um, but you know, we, I mean, we'll usually we usually start with some ball handling, passing, and catching stuff initially, um, and then we we'll jump right into right into competition. Like we're going to compete for the majority of it. We do a, we do do a lot of stuff, especially early on, uh, like whole part whole, where we'll break down our motion stuff, or we'll break down our switches, and then we'll bring it back together as a group. And um, and we still do we'll still do breakdown stations. Um, we will. Too, we will. We think we think we knew. Do account. I see on the bottom you have accountability partners. Do you change those weekly? So we we've done it both ways. It kind of depends on our team. Um, Last year we did not. We set them for the year, and we we kind of decided we wanted to have a few. We wanted our guys to have a few really deep relationships instead instead of like surface level relationships with everybody, because they kind of knew each other. We had a lot of guys coming back from the previous year. The previous year, um, you know, we had rotated them some, uh, but yeah, our accountability partners are just kind of who they always check in with. If somebody's late for practice, which doesn't really happen with us, and like that's not really an issue, but you know, well, like their accountability partner gets in trouble with them because they were supposed to be keeping track of them and helping them get somewhere if somebody needs a ride or something like that. So, right, right. Okay. Um, let's stop the share for a second. I have a couple more questions before we go into, I want to talk about your, your book and stuff too. Um, what do you think the hardest thing to teach is? Hmm. I would say, I would say communicating at the level that's necessary to be really, really good. And so then how do you teach it? Um, you just, 
I can, sometimes I don't do it very well, but I try to, what I try to do is just set the standard and hold the standard. I think that's the only way you teach anything is you just, you, you establish an expectation and then you don't waver from it. No, I, I agree. Is there, um, all right. So is there, I'm going to pivot away from that for a second. Is there a coaching moment or a, that would for a listener that they could learn from? I always like, it can be a failure. It can be a success. Um, is there one moment? Cause I think we all that have done this long enough have probably a handful of them, but is there a moment that we could kind of dive into that you think would be a good teachable moment for, for, for a coach listening to this? Um, I don't know. The first moment that comes to mind is like when I decided to go from just coaching for wins to coaching through values is like we, we were pretty good at Graham one year. We were like 18 and two. We beat a team by 40 in the last game of the regular season. Then they beat us the second round. And I was like, Ooh, this it's gotta be about something more than this. Cause it I, does. I, I, well, going back to mentor coaches, and, and and my brother said this to me, I think. He goes, if you're only happy if you win the last game of the season, Steve, you're not going to be very happy for the next 20 years. And, yeah. and, and it's true because, like, in our state, right. there's five happy coaches. And, boy, yeah. on the boys' side, there's five. They, they right. won their last game. Everyone else lost their last game. So it's yeah. like – and when he said that, it was like – that was like another aha. It's like, yeah, okay. You feel really happy when you do win that last one, but I get it. Um, there's uh, there's there's definitely something to be to be shown on that. Um, so okay, so I gotta ask. So how did how did the book come about, and how long did it take you to write it? <laughs> so I kind of had the idea of it for a while, of, you know, of like. Because it's really it's it's written as a fiction fictional book, but it's really kind of my journey from the, how I started out viewing coaching to how I view it now. Um, so it's I mean, give, give the listeners saying, a SparkNote version. Give them a SparkNote version of it. It's called "Surrender the Outcome" um, by Brooke Cups. So I mean, I'll put a link down below. So if you're if you're jogging, if you're jogging mowing the lawn. Run, uh, in the car, whatever people always listen to podcasts at different spots. I will, I'll put a link down below so you don't have to worry about it. But just give them a synopsis of what it is. Uh, it's basically a young basketball coach that um, it starts out coaching to try to appease and for his ego and try to win games and you know raise his status among other coaches, which I think is where a lot of us start out. At. I mean, I was definitely I was deep into it. I just all about comparison. And if I won, I was better than you. If you won, then you're better than me and I wouldn't sleep. And to, to kind of an awakening um, where, you know, some stuff with his family where, you know, he wasn't being the father that he wanted to be. Um, and then, you know, found, went into some deep self-reflection with the help of some people close to him to kind of establish some core values that led to the behaviors that he, you know, tried to start coaching with. And then, um, you know, goes into, uh, you know, him coaching and leading with those values. And then at the end of the book is almost like a kind of like a self-help of how you can go through and find your values and your behaviors that, you know, could help you on that same path. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I didn't know that. Um, it, okay. So here's the question. Is it an, is it an audio book too? It's, it's not yet. No, I've had a few people ask me, I have not created that yet. 
All right. You need to do that. First of all, I'm going to tell you why, because I was listening to an audible book today when I was listening. Here's why, because you and I, well, I'm, we're both still trying to run program. It's a lot easier for me to do one, do two things at once. That's what I'm telling you. Like to sit down and read a book is a wonderful thing. And I will do that this summer. I've got a couple on my, on my thing, but I got to sit down and read the book. Like I got to take time to, but I can listen to the book and mow the lawn and, you know, clean the garage out right. and go to the grocery store, whatever. Um, so think about that because it's, yeah, it, it would be an intriguing, it'd be fun to, to, to um, you could hire somebody to do it, but it'd be fun to actually do it yourself. Probably yeah, it'd be a yeah, chore. I bet. How many yeah. pages is it? Um, I don't Everybody, know. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like it. Um, go over and check out our other podcasts, High School Hoops, Teacher Side Gig. And then uh, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, I don't know. It's Oh, Nick, is it an inch? Is it half yeah, an it's inch? like I got, I got one right here. It's here, here. like All right, let's see how thick it is. I can probably guess. Well, that's not – ooh, that'd be, that, that would be a haul. It's pretty good. It's like 100, 200 pages. Like, oh yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a read, Coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, give me, give me the. I've not, I have not heard. Culture code, I've heard and read. Great book. Give me the other. Give me the other two. The 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 five dysfunctions of a team in the inside out coaching. Tell me about those two books. So the five dysfunctions of a team is Pat Lencioni. It's written as a business fable. I'm kind of like. I mean, I. I use that book. I've used that book for probably 10 years with our team and I use it in my, one of my leadership classes, but it basically just takes, you know, it talks about, you know, lack of, um, I might forget them now. Like it's absence of trust, lack of commitment, um, lack of accountability. Um, there, then, inattention to results is the last one, but it goes through the five dysfunctions. And I just, I personally think it is the best model for team development that I've seen. There's a lot of those leadership authors that give you all these theories, but what I think, I think Pat does in that is he, he like lays it out and says like, okay, so like for us, like I'm very intentional early in our season of developing trust, like, cause that's the foundation of where everything else is. If you have trust, then you can hold guys accountable. Then you can. can have do, do you think you can do? See, I've always found that I can build a lot of the trust in the summer. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I agree. okay. I'm just wondering if you like. We all know probably 80 percent of our team is coming back. We there's there's right. 10 20 percent that who knows who depends on who puts the work in and blah blah blah. But we all probably know who our top seven are. So yeah. I you know it was one of the things I noticed with COVID is I lost that. I lost that. I, it took me yeah. to the post. I mean, we struggled until Christmas and then we won like nine out of our last 10 or 10 out of our last something. We were really good after because they didn't, they didn't know me. They didn't know who, yeah. who is this guy? Like, what are you doing now? They kind of know me and my dad, Joe, I mean, they just know who I am. So they trust me more. Um, yeah. I'm just for, for the younger coaches listening. I think you can build. I find there's not as much, I don't know what the word is. There's not as much authoritarian things from, I mean, it's like there's not an X, X plus Y equals Z kind of thing in the summer. It's like, we're playing summer ball and I get it. And the expectations are, but it's different. It's like, they're, they're not playing in front of 
2000 people. Like there's a different thing there that um, I don't want to say it's more lax because it's not more relaxed, but um, there's it's something safer. different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And usually, I mean, aside from your COVID year, like you're usually starting with a bank account, you know, with, with a trust bank account already established to right. some level, most of your guys. And so you're building on that. Yeah. Um, so, I love that. And yeah. I love that idea. Like, yeah, you're right. And some of them, the bank is a bit more full than the other ones. Like, right. yeah, there's, yeah. Um, and then, and when you, and when I, when you get, when you get five or six of them and they're all the trust, oh my God, it's so much fun. It's so much yeah, fun. It it's the ones that are like texting me now, like whatever. Um, one of them is going to be, one of the, one of them is, uh, just grad, just graduated from UW and is probably, I mean, he'll be a top four or five round, um, NFL draft pick. And he was good. He was good. He was good. He wasn't a D one basketball player, which we had on that team. He was a good, good football. Oh my God. He'd run through a, cause he trusted me. Like I helped him in math class. He knew he's like, yeah. he trusts me and he would have run through that wall for me. Like that. He wanted yeah. to win more than anybody. That's the, but, but I built that bank up over like, I mean, Jake, if you're listening, I got you through Algebra 3 or Pre-Cal. <laughs> Single-handedly. That's probably why the trust was there. It's one of my better movements was getting you through pre-calculus. So I'm going to pat myself <laughs> on the back. If you're listening to this, Jake, I don't think you are. All right. Um, what about inside-out coaching? So that's by uh, Joe Ehrman, and he just talks about um, – he talks about basically like the core value types, like leading from some – place other than kind of society's definition of success. He talks about four big questions like, why do you coach the way you do? Or first of all, why do you coach? Why do you coach the way you do? How does it feel to be coached by you? Which is a great question. That's and great then question. how do you, define, yeah. How do and you I tell every one of my youth coaches, you better not be that kid's last coach. And they go, what do you yeah. mean? I go, well, because you, how you make that sixth grader feel is whether they're going to play in seventh grade. Now, whether they're good enough to ever play for me is a different story. You should not, by choice, you should not be their last coach. So right. it's like, you know, you're not, you're not Calipari. You're not playing. You're not coaching Kentucky. Relax. Sixth grade <laughs> yeah. basketball. It will be okay. No one remembers their record. Well, some people do remember their records. In sixth grade. That's the problem. Right. <laughs> That's the problem. All right. So tell me about, tell me about your blog and your, I went on your, I'm going to steal some of your stuff from uh, your, your basketball, your, your centerville basketball.com website. I love that you put those drills up there. That was great. I got to do that for my youth. I love that. Um, that's what that's how I started. I did it for our youth program. And then it's kind of, it kind of grew from there. I need to actually update it and add some more. I haven't added anything for a few years, but yeah. I know it's like, we get a little busy, don't we? <laughs> we do. Yeah. But tell me about your blog, that, that leadership development blog. That's, that, that's intriguing. I've not, I'm going to be honest. haven't looked at that yet, but tell me about that one. Yeah, it was kind of, so Ryan Hawk uh, does a podcast around here. He does the learning leadership kind yep. of, it's, it's a wonderful you know, more well-known leadership podcasts. Uh, but I'm pretty good friends with Ryan and he's kind of, he prodded me to kind of do something. Uh, and so it's been more than anything when I first started doing, it was really just like a chance for me to write. I think I used to view writing as just hating it, but 
what it's become now, it's become a way for me to clarify my thoughts and really, because when you write it down, you have to think of exactly what you want to say. Right. And so it's been as good of a exercise for me. I mean, I don't know if anybody reads them. I don't really follow, you know, all that stuff, but um, it allows me to just like, whatever's on my mind, I, whatever I think coaching wise or leader leading wise, sometimes somebody will say something to me. I'll be like, I want to write about that. And so it's just random topics on, you know, I mean, we're all doing the same thing, leadership, coaching, teaching. It's all the, that's all the, it's same all the same. Stuff. And it's there. It, it, part of it's therapeutic. It's like, why did I start the podcast? Cause I want to talk to other coaches like you. Cause I'm, I'm telling you right now, I took two or three golden nuggets from this that I'm going to use with, I mean, that's the thing is like, we all do it in different ways. Um, again, a math person, me writing. My master's thesis was the last thing I wrote. Swear to God, like it is. But it, but it was like once that hundred twenty three pages was done, I'm done. I told my wife, I'm never writing again, ever again. It's horrible. But anyway, um, all right. So let me do my, um, let me do my rapid fire because I love doing this. Um, cause I want to, you know, it's, I don't want to keep you too long here. Uh, all right. What, um, what is your favorite brand of basketball? The actual ball you play with? We play with the Rawlings in Ohio. I like Wilson the best. Okay. Um, one word to describe your ideal player. Tough. If you go to one sporting event in the world, what would it be? Um, That's a good question. Um, I mean, I'll just go to the Ohio State Championship game. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to go to the Masters at some point. I'm not even that big a golfer, but I think it would be fun. Final Four. The fi- You've been to Final Four before? I have not. No, I thought about saying that. I have not. Yeah, been Final Fours are good. You take your son. Take your son. Yeah. I, I was going to take my son. I took him to Minneapolis when Virginia won it. It was great. Um I was not going to take a 20-year-old to New Orleans this year. No way. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's fun. It is a, it's, a, it's one of those things you just got to see. It's like, wow, like crazy. And everyone loves basketball yeah. that's there. You don't go to the Final Four unless, unless you love basketball. Um, what's your favorite pregame or postgame meal? Um, pregame, I don't usually eat very much. Um, postgame, we typically go to the Submarine House, which is a little restaurant here close to to us my wife and uh usually one of our assistant coaches will go there we'll kind of start watching film a little bit and kind of decompress and i usually get what i usually get i usually get chicken tacos and some teasers which are like little cheesy bite things that you dip in cheese or or ranch Ooh, that sounds really good yeah so we have a chick-fil-a across the street from our school so it closes at 10 so sometimes i have to tell the officials to stop blowing the whistle i gotta get the chick-fil-a man so that's the only time i treat myself stop blowing the whistle um what does your game day look like as a teacher like what is your what is your like from the beginning of the morning until like you already said post game but what does your game day look like um, I mean, I get up at four thirty every day. I, uh, no, I go and I work. you get up at four. What time do you go to? Like, I'm keeping you past your bedtime. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is about this is about when I go to bed. I'll, I'll go to bed after we're done. But okay. yeah, like I get up at four thirty. I go work out. I usually meditate and uh, and stuff in the morning. Our guys come in for breakfast club, so I just kind of 
rebound for somebody or watch film. If it's a game day, I might just sit on the baseline and watch film. Um, and then a normal day of teaching. Um, and then I, uh, after school, I might try to sneak a nap in after school, which is unusual. I don't take naps very often, but I usually after on game days, I'll try to get a 20 minute nap in. That's a, go back coach, K, coach K is convinced that's the best thing you can do. And he yeah. says, why? Because when you wake up in the morning, you're the most alert. That's why he tries to take a nap every game day. So yeah. I've used that with my wife. Nothing else that helps <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, what uh, what do you? What's one thing you do to relax? Mm, probably. I mean, I like to read. I would say I, I like to be outside. Just to what I mean, I, if I was really stressed, I would probably just like go for a walk in the woods or just be outside. Okay. Do you have any superstitions? Um, I mean, yeah, probably a lot of them that I don't even know are superstitions anymore. Like I don't, I don't wash my coaching clothes if we haven't lost. So, like as long as we win, I don't wash any of my coaching clothes. Um, I mean, I got the same routine, same prayer I say during the national anthem and, you know, stuff like that, but yeah, I mean, I, I tell people superstitions are rituals. They're not like, I, I don't think if I miss one, we're going to lose. It's more like I'm getting, it's like, yeah, a lot of, you know, I, mean, I think I might change it. Cause I usually wear, I don't wear a tie anymore, but I wear a jacket dress up and that's more yeah. kind of me getting ready for game. It's like my uniform kind of thing. Um, right. I've thought about maybe changing that up a little bit, but uh, um, one coaching technique that you think is important. Um, man, I wrote something down for that, and I don't remember what I wrote down now because that that was an interesting question to me. A coaching technique. Um, oh, you wrote tying. I'll, I'll help you. You wrote tying core values in, in behavior and practice, games and laughing. Yeah. So I think. I mean, the first thing I wrote down was like, I, I really believe in coaching in short bursts. I, I hate lectures and practice. Like I cannot stand it. You know what um, I refer to it as? It, well, first of all, it's like machine gun practices is what I refer to it. So it's not probably it's PC anymore, but it's like, we live in a TikTok world where their the attention spans like 15 seconds. So, yeah, that's good. I mean, when I started coaching 30 years ago, I could have sat there for 20 minutes and they had all been listening. Like I was like, now it's like 30 i got i got them for like 30 seconds here you go and then boom 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 yeah right. i agree right uh, i think it's i yeah it's a generational thing i think um all right describe your perfect player in five words or less hmm. this always causes problems with people too <laughs> You can use less than five. You can use one word, but five or less. The perfect player. Mm, man, that's a tough one. So I would just go with, I think. You could use your four things. That would be, you know. Yeah, that, that's probably where I would go. And then I would add, I would probably add, um, I don't know. I would probably just say tough, passionate, unified, and thankful. I think that's going to. Like if they're passionate, they're going to work. I, I would, I, you know, having talked to you for an hour, resilience would probably be one that I would add. The the, the great ones, 
something usually there usually is an obstacle that they overcome. They're resilient. They're there's something there. Um, yeah. I think, I think something that I value is like, like I always, I view myself as kind of an underdog and I like guys that have a chip on their shoulder, have something to prove. Like I, I like those guys. I, yes, I, I'm telling you, it's something, you know what it is sometimes too. It's like, <clears throat> I've noticed it with my smaller guards, yeah. like my five, nine, they, there's just, I've, I've, I've got one on my team now. I've got a couple on my team now. I've had some in the past. I had one on my 2005 state championship team. There's just like, it's like a chip. It's like, I know I'm five, nine, but I can hoop. Like I know it, yeah. I know I'm five, nine, <laughs> but I can still hoop. So, you know, it's like, um, uh, best basketball player you have seen in person. Uh, I mean, my son played for, played with Bronny James. And so I've seen LeBron. I mean, he's pretty good. (laughs) He is pretty good. I won't ask you the best player of all time. Then I won't ask you that. Um, uh, if you could only teach one skill, what would that skill be? Communication. Okay. Shot clock, yes or no? Yes. Uh, if you could change one thing about the game, what would you change? Mm. I, I mean, I just – I wish people would pass the ball more. Ooh, <laughs> like, I like I that. No one has said that. I want to make the court – I want to make the court wider. I also would probably, I'd probably also move up the rim about a half an inch or six inches at some point. That's going to have to, I mean, I think the bodies are getting, at least at my level, the bodies are getting so big in a high school court. It's like, we just need a little bit more space. It's not 30 years ago, even, or 50 years ago. I just think, and if you go to an NBA game, holy crud, the court's definitely not wide enough. Like, yeah, the bodies are just getting so big. Um, so I don't know. Um, charge circle, yes or no? Charge circle, sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, best game you've seen in person? Um, I don't know. I would probably go with like our regional final game when we won the state a couple years ago, uh, it was a great game against Moeller. Um, we played Moeller. I think we've beaten Moeller. I think we've beaten Moeller before we beat Moeller in a tournament. I think at some point yeah. that sounds familiar. They got a really good program. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they do. Uh, yeah. all right. Favorite quote. You listed three. Can you pick one of the three? I don't know. Those, those are all things that are in our program. Um, all right, I'm going to read all three of them. The, the toughest team wins. Do not seek comfort. Drink the water, but remember who dug the well. Love yeah. that. Love so that. yeah, the so the the drink the water, but remember who dug the well is kind of our thankful thing. Like just remembering the opportunity. You're you're where you are because of someone else, and so recognizing right. and you know paying the respect that that's due. All right, quarters or halves. Uh, I think I would prefer halves, but I, I, I don't really care. You play quarters. We play quarters. Yeah. We're, we have halves. Do you, do you like it? Two 18 minute halves. The only thing I miss is the teaching between quarters. 
Yeah. So I've been fighting to try to get an extra timeout. Lose it. Don't I said say they all know what it is. If you don't use it, you lose it. Like I don't need it, I won't use it. But I just that's the only thing I miss. Definitely makes you yeah. play more kids. Yeah. You gotta it's like almost like a college game. Your best player has to get a rest in the first half. They can't play yeah. 36 minutes hard. And the right, kids right. look at me like watch a college game. The best players don't play 40 minutes, guys. You cannot play hard for 40 minutes. I have to give you a rest. Like, so it, it, there's a little bit more chess, but it definitely helps the flow a lot. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah. And it, it's an extra four minutes. So it's like, it's good. Cause I get to play more. I get to play more kids. Um, one word to describe your coaching style. Um, I would say passionate. Okay. Best basketball coach of all time. The always the hardest question I ask because ever there's like 50 that jump in your head, probably. I mean, I think I think Wooden is the best is the best basketball coach of all time. I would like to say, you know, like I was a big Knight fan when he was in when he was coaching of not of his tactics, but of the quality of play that his teams played with i had such admiration he was a good teacher i'm not sure i would have wanted to like i'm not sure how, how he knew the game let's say that he knew and how to teach and break the game into small pieces which is part of, of of teaching um jump ball yes or no uh sure okay here's i'm gonna get on my soapbox that i haven't for a couple months i think the jump ball is stupid and then we shouldn't start the game with a jump ball because the officials can't throw the ball up. <laughs> they don't fair. practice it. They don't practice it. It's it's literally one of the things I want changed. Give it to the visit. The visiting team should get the ball to start the game, and then we do alternating possession. Done. Like that's fine. Again, the the accountant has like there's three. We we have three officials. There's three officials. One of them throws up the ball once a game. They are horrible yeah. at throwing the ball up. <laughs> yeah, don't I've, I've, never thought, I've never thought about it. I don't. Yeah. I mean, there are times we got such a small guy. We just don't even jump. We just <laughs> go. I had ahead. a guy get called for a foul a couple of years ago on a jump ball. I go, I've never seen that. Like, what are you talking? He fouled them. <laughs> so I just think it needs to go away. All right. The last question I always ask. Uh, every one of my interviews is what would you tell your younger self? What would be your parting words to your younger self 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Uh, uh, yeah, it would be figure out who you are and what you believe and coach through that. Awesome. I think that's a, I think that's a great, great way to end coach. Thank you very much. I appreciate you being on. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like. Leave a review. We love those five-star reviews. We're going to leave a one-star. You can skip to the next podcast. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.